Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Lowell Assembly of God and happy Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're wondering who I am, my name is Stephen David Bunley. I work here in the office, and the people who are normally here are not here today. Pastor Paul, uh, I found out in first service, is actually officiating a wedding. Pastor Dylan is out in Pennsylvania with family. And Pastor Carey, our worship pastor, is taking a day off. She had a very busy week last week, so we are glad to give her that. So today, they have entrusted the service into my, our hands, and uh, we're going to hope for the best. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, let me just tell you a story. So in junior year of college, I was a part of— well. I went to this group that met on Fridays, and they would go out into Haverhill and just tell people about Jesus. So I, I went a few times. On this particular occasion, it was rainy. It was late fall, early winter, and we were there inside the Haverhill bus station because, again, it's raining outside, and it's cold, and it's wet. Uh, of course, at this time in my life, I liked wearing my sandals all the time. Uh, the weather did not deter me. Uh, just so you know. So at one point, I'm just sitting down, and this lady comes to me, and she says, hello, and I say hello. She's like, hi, we're, you know, helping people who are needing their, she's like, do you need shoes? <laughs> and I was like, I was one, so thankful, because she, you know, she and this group were doing this, but also, like, no, <laughs> I'm good. I have my sandals. I'm like, it's my choice. It's not like a great one, but it's what I did. Uh, <laughs> and so I was just, I was like, I was at one point embarrassed, but also really thankful that she was there. And uh, the rest of the time was, was good there, uh, just telling people about Jesus at that bus station. Um, here's another story just to get to know me as well. Uh, I'm taking classes for ASL. And so I went down, going down every week to this place in Framingham called the Learning Center for the Deaf. Uh, this is the sign name for it, in case you're curious. And my teacher there for ASL Level 1A is Annie, and this is, uh, that's her name. And we were there, and we were talking, and somehow we got off track, and she was talking about dreams, and she uh, was saying, I have this dream, and she says, I want to go to Africa, and I want to see the elephants, and I want to see the giraffes, and uh, the lions, and she's like, I want to, I want to go there, and she's like, I want to hold the little animals, the, uh, and, and not the big ones, the little ones, you know, with like, you know, have some milk, and you'll feed it to them, she's like, what are, what are your guys' dreams, she's like, what's your, what's your dream, what's your dream, and so uh, everyone, to their best of their ability, because we're all just learning basics, she's, she's going, and she's, you know, everyone's answering, and she comes to me, and I was like, I had a few things, and I was like, yeah, just skip, and so she skipped, and she came back, and I was like, my dream is that I want to become a pastor, and she's like, oh, that's great, she's like, do you want to help people, and I was like, yes, I was like, I want to help people, and that was part of uh, my experience there at that class, and actually, I talked to her later, and she goes to a church uh, she, there's a pastor there who's also deaf, and uh, that, I, I thought that was really cool. And, uh, and that's, that's her idea of what it means to be a pastor. And I think that's a great thing. And today, we're going to talk about, a little bit about what it means to be a Christian. And it doesn't mean that you have to wear sandals in the wintertime. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to become a monk or anything like that. Uh, but we have questions, you know, we, we say yes to Jesus, and we start following him, and we're like, what, what's, what's our next step? You know, okay, I've gone to the next class in the back, that's great. Uh, now, now what do I do? What's, what's happening? And part of it, it's just that when we have a relationship with God, it's, it's sort of, it's a, it's a unique relationship. There's nothing else like it, and so it's somewhat difficult to understand in some ways, and so I'm going to try to help make this a little bit easier to understand. So we're going to look at some relationships here in our community. So I'm going to need three, three little groups, okay? The first group, this is volunteers. This is all voluntary. I need a 
husband and a wife. I need a married couple. If there is a married couple in the house who will volunteer, I need you to just come up to the front, and we're going to just have a little bit of an interview, all right? It's going to be fun. These are going to be easy questions. Uh, is there anybody married couple? If not, I will just pick a married couple, all right? All right. Yes, McNeils. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was either that or officiate, like a marriage right here, and then that would be short. That would be too quick. Um, thank you. And if I could have uh, parent, parents, uh, and their child, childs. However, uh, however many people you want to bring up, uh, make sure they're yours. Uh, but yes, could I get a, a parent and, and their, their kid, kids, uh, whoever it is. Just somebody come up. Be quick. Yes. Okay. Let's give a hand uh, because we don't want any awkward silences. Uh, next, I want uh, just two friends. If, you ha if you're just by yourself, uh, I'll, I'll take you maybe, but if there are two friends, like close friends, are there any close friends? You're like, we are friends. We, we've been friends since forever, or maybe a year, or maybe you want to become friends right now. Uh, no, but it, okay. Any, any, any friend, friends, 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 uh, yes, friends. Oh, okay. Friends. Yes. Okay. Give a hand, give a hand. Okay, just come on up, and uh, we're just going to do some really quick introductions. So if you could take the microphone and just say your first name, and then just pass it down. Uh, my name is Lucas Lemos. My name is Andrew Conway. My name is Jamie McNeil. Lindsay McNeil. My name is Juan Ceballos, and this is my daughter, Alexandra Ceballos. Thank you. We're gonna, I'm just going to start here. We're just going to go this way. So let me just ask you guys. This is, this, is, this is the interview. So prepare yourselves. But the questions might be a bit different. All right. So here, you take a microphone. This is yours. You're responsible. Um, so let me, let me just ask. So how long have you guys been friends? About four years, probably. Four years. Cool. Um, and what's it, what's it like being friends? What, what does it mean to be friends with, with Andrew here? <laughs> what, are, what, are, what, are some, what are some things you guys do? I don't know. What, what, what trouble do you get into? Anything. We'll, uh, we'll act civil towards each other. And then Ooh. Okay, civility. We'll bully each other sometimes. Just jokingly. Sometimes not jokingly. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay, Andrew. Andrew, uh, what, what, what's it like being friends with Lucas here? Interesting. I'm just kidding. Um... I really, wait, can you say that again? Just what, what, what's, what's it like? What, what, do you guys, what do you guys do together? Has, has you know, what, why, why, why are you guys friends? You're friends, but. Yeah, we're friends. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is your mic. I have a mic. This is, this is you. This is, this is the you show now. Um, so what are some things, I don't know. So like, what are some things that Lucas does or contributes that like, you're like, yeah, this is why Lucas is like a good friend. I mean, once we wrestled, and that was fun. Cool. Okay. So <laughs> recreation, that's fun. Lucas? Probably, like, entertainment, someone to talk to during a youth group. Cool. Entertainment. And a little bit of rebellion, because, you know, well, oh, you know, well, maybe, okay. No, not, not necessarily during the message. Never mind. Okay. So, okay. So that's what it's like to be friends. Now, um, let's say, okay, you didn't see each other for, like, two years, right? Uh, Lucas moves far away to the next town of Dracut, so far. And uh, would you guys, would you like still, would you still be friends? Would you still, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So then like your friendship isn't necessarily based on like proximity or like necessarily being together, but it's like more, it's like kind of more than that, right? So, and, and the re, and like you guys, you know, obviously, okay, you have recreation together, you have companionship, right? Uh, you know, you're somewhat in a similar stage of life, similar age, okay, so you can relate in that way. So you have that, and, but do you have to do those sorts of things and have that sort of fun in order to be friends? Is that? No. No. Okay. That makes sense. Well, I appreciate it. Any, any, uh, any closing thoughts from, from either of you? Any, anything you want to say? No. 
Nope. All right. Let's give a hand. You can go. You can sit down. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's uh, say say names again, uh, just so that everybody can everybody can know who you are. Jamie. Jamie. And, and Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay. And baby makes three. Yeah, but she's the the baby's not articulate yet, so we'll hold for comments there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so okay, so let's um, let's just let's just ask some questions here. So you guys have been married how long? Five years on Friday. Five years on Friday. <laughs> and uh, and so what? Okay, so let's say. Maybe, maybe I'm not, you know, from here. I, I don't know how this works. So what, what, what did it take? Like, what, what happened? Like, what was the, like, official moment when you guys were, like, like, what, what, was, what, was, what was that? Like, officially in, like, the eyes of the state. Like, you're no longer two separate people. Now you're, like, a couple. Like, what, what, what happened? You're talking about marriage? Like yeah, yeah. But wedding day? Wedding day? Okay. So there's signed a wedding day. Signed a piece day. of paper. You signed a piece of paper. That's pretty cool. Okay. And, um... So that so you're officially married as of that moment. Yes. Okay. So do you guys? Well, this is this is for you. You can't. This is your comments. This is just you. Okay. Do you, do you still love each other? Yes. Nice. Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. This is this is for the record. I think this one's recorded. So okay. if you don't say yes, they'll never know. Yes. <laughs> um, does does she does she still do nice things for you? All the time. What about Lindsay? What about me? Yes, I yeah, do yeah, nice yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. No. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does nice things for me. Really? What sort of? Okay, uh, I just want. I want to at least hear an example. Give us something interesting. What? What sort of nice things? Doing the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> After the McNeil breakfast, is that? After the McNeil <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> if you weren't here for that, uh, that's like they use every dish in the house for that meal. So. That's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> so cleaning the skillet. All yes. right. But okay, but let me so let me ask. So you signed the piece of paper, right? And you you said your vows and those sorts of things, and then you know the minister said you're married. But you're doing things now. But is that like is that required? Is it required that you do nice things or do the dishes? Is that like did you sign to do the dishes? Or is mm, that no. No. So we why? Vowed why to. do you? <laughs> so you s because we love each other. We love each other. Lindsay, is this true? Yes. It's not on the paper requirement that you have to sign, but it's part of the vows, right? Yeah. It's okay. part of what okay. you agree to. Okay, so not required. So you would still be married, but it's out of, like, your love for each other. Yes. All right. That's pretty cool. Well, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> five years. And uh, let's give them a hand. And we hope uh, many more years to come. You can pass it down. Awesome. All right. Juan, come close. Come over here, baby. All right, we're, this is, we're, you're, you're here, your family. All right, we got to, yes. here we are. All right. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so let's, just, let's just do names again just so everybody knows who you are. So. I'm Juan. This is my daughter, Ali. All right. Hi. There you go. All right, and uh, let's, let's, can you give Ali the mic? Yeah, you're going to talk. Just go ahead and talk. Ali, how old are you? You got to say Four? that. Four, cool, and and Juan is—he's your dad. Awesome. And what did you do? You like do you like being a Ceballos? Cool. So glad I have. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let, let me ask you. So, um, she is which? Where where is she in the pecking order? She's number five. Number five. Okay. She is she the last one. Oh yes. Last one. Okay, so she's so that means that so number five, last one. So she's the perfect one, right? Because she, you had her, and that's it. Well, I had her and her and her sister. Ooh, she was. Okay, she's only last by fifteen minutes. Oh uh, well, no, it counts. It totally counts. Okay, cool. It it counts. Um, so what what was it like? You went because eventually, you know, before, you know, especially with your first child, but with her, you know, you were. Just you and Shannon, you were just your wife, you and your wife. And it was never that way. But My oldest daughter, I actually adopted. You adopted? Yeah, she was, uh, Shannon had her about a year before we met, mm -hmm. and, or about a year and a half. And then when we met, we started dating. I fell in love with my daughter before I fell in love with my wife. Mm -hmm. And um, 
We got married eight months later. And then after we got married, we just, I started pursuing to make her a, a Ceballos. As far as she knows, she thinks she's Mexican. She has no idea she's half Sicilian. I'm telling you. I like it. She even has a little Spanish accent, cracks me up. <laughs> so you made, you made a choice and you brought people in to be family. Yeah. And you have, and then you expanded your family and now you have many, well, it's all daughters. You have many, many daughters now. Three daughters, but, two sons. And what are some things, like, as a father, what are some things that you do for, for your kids? For my kids? Yeah. Uh, I work crazy <clears throat> as much as I can just so I can provide for them. I try to give them anything they, I try to give them every, everything they want in reason. <clears throat> you know, of course, there's times when you have to say no. Um, I come home, I'm tired, yet I still have to play, I still have to wrestle, still have to tickle. What, what's their favorite game to play with daddy? Tickle Monster? Yeah, there you go. So I just chase them around and tickle them. Um, I let them beat me up, you know, then I cook. I, 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 I teach them how to cook. You know, they're all, they all love to help dad when I'm baking or cooking or barbecuing, mm -hmm. you know. Just, I do anything and everything I can. They're my life, you know, so mm -hmm. I gotta make sure that they're raised up properly. Yeah. Read the Bible to them every night, pray for them at night. She won't go to sleep unless I pray for her. Really yeah. really and same thing with my oldest. My yeah. oldest, she'll call it, she, she spent the night at her grandmother's house. She FaceTime us just so we can t pray for her. Mm -hmm. You know, so we, you know, just all types of things. That's great. Now, let me ask, so if you didn't do anything for your kids, right? Would they, would they still be your, would they still be your kids? It would still be my children. Yeah. I'd probably be a poor excuse for the dad. So you, you do nice things and care for them and love them because you want to be a good dad then? Is that, because that's what, because why? Because I love them and they're my, my children and I want to do everything and anything I can for them. That's great. That's great. That out of love. Out of love. Yes. Yeah. Out of love. That is great. Is there anything that you have to have to say? Anything you want to contribute? Last thoughts? Do you want to say anything, sweetie? No. Are you really embarrassed? Yeah. Well, these, these are our, this is our family. Don't worry. Well, we're we're glad to have you, and we're glad that you're you keep loving your kids, on, keep loving them, and we'll be happy to see them grow up into great adults. Thank you. So. We just saw some examples of relationships here. Uh, some wonderful people we have in our community. And we saw with our friends here, Andrew and Lucas, that they've been friends for four years. But they said, even if they move away, they'd still be friends. And their friendship, what they do, they just do stuff because well, that's what a good friend does. They give each other companionship uh, and they're, they're there for each other. And we saw here with Jamie and Lindsay how even though it wasn't in the contract, they do dishes. And it's wonderful. And they still love each other today. And even though it's not required, because they love each other, they do these nice things for each other, such as perhaps washing the dishes after the McNeil breakfast. And as we saw with Juan and, I'm, I'm forgetting her, Allie. Okay, that'll be easy. With Juan and Allie, right, he doesn't have to necessarily do anything, but he said himself, he wouldn't really consider himself a good father if, if he did nothing. But he does, he cares for them, he works hard, he spends time with them, he helps teach them, he reads to them the Bible, be, not because he has to, but because he loves them. So these are our examples. These are the types of relationships that we understand. And what I'm trying to just show you is that our relationship with God is similar to these relationships that we have on earth. And what we do and how we express our love can be similar. And it's, it's not too mysterious. So... I would want us to turn to James, James 2, 
and it's on page 1114. Uh, if, if in the Pew Bibles, if you're in a different Bible, I can't guarantee that's the same page number. And before I go into uh, James right here, if you're looking for the references, it's James 2, verses 14 through 26. Before I go in, I just want to give you two things to preface this, just to prepare you for this time. Uh, I know that in this region, uh, it's a very Catholic region. That's a lot of the roots here. Uh, my papa, my dad's dad, grandfather, he uh, was Catholic. He was raised Catholic. And when he was uh, with, he had a few kids at that point married. Uh, he was there in the Catholic Church and he got touched. He, uh, he got saved and he started following Jesus and he started leading prayer and he leading Bible study in the basement of this Catholic parish, this Catholic church. And that parish didn't really want him to do that. And so they asked him to not, and he still wanted to, so uh, he was required to leave. And uh, that's, that's sort of what's, what's brought us here. So he, he grew up in that, and uh, that, that's his roots, not really mine. But I know that's the roots for a lot of you here. That can be a lot of your story. And one of the things that apparently I, I heard that they believe is that in addition to faith being required for salvation, works are also required for salvation. That's something that uh, they believe uh, from, from what I've heard. And this is not something that we believe. This is not something that I believe. And uh, I'm sure the rest of the uh, staff and the other people here, it's not what we believe. Uh, we don't believe that in order to be saved, you have to do certain things. Uh, you cannot earn God's favor. You cannot earn his love. There's really nothing you could do. It's a, it, it, it would be so difficult. You, you could never do it. It's just not possible. So you can't earn God's love. Uh, anything beyond that is just, it's not true. And you see different offshoots of Christianity, and they go way, way off the deep end. And that's a, one of the, uh, a key thing. A lot of them will think that you can do stuff to earn your salvation. And that is not true. And that is not what we're talking about today. We are not saying, I'm not saying that in order to be saved, you have to do these good deeds. Not what I'm saying. So that's the first thing. I just want us to understand that because I know that's the context that we have here. The other thing is that when, when we're looking at these scriptures, there seems to be a contradiction between what James is writing and what Paul the Apostle is writing. If you don't know, Paul was a missionary for Jesus, uh, previously a Jewish leader, but God radically saved him. Uh, read about him in Acts. And there seems to be a contradiction between what Paul is saying and what James is saying, because one of the things that Paul writes, he says, it's by faith you've been saved, not by works, so that no man may boast. And what we're going to read here kind of sounds like it contradicts that, it, just on the surface level. And a lot of people, that's why a lot of people have problems with James. Even Luther, uh, you read Martin Luther, and he just wasn't a big fan of James for that reason. Uh, he was a early, he, he wrote back like 500 years ago. He did a lot of good things. If you want to read him, go for it. But he, he had problems with James, so it sound, because it sounds like there's a contradiction. So let me just try to make this easy for you. This is something that I heard when I was in Bible college from Pastor Ben Phillips. And this is, this is what he says. So the cross is there, right? And what Paul's talking about in these uh, certain sections where it sounds like it contradicts James, it sounds like it's the opposite of what James is saying, what Paul is talking about is what's necessary to come to Jesus, to be saved. What is required, right? On this side of the cross, what is required? On the left side here. And what Paul is saying, and James would say the same thing, faith is the thing that is required. In order to be saved, you need to have faith. You need to believe in your heart, right, that Jesus died and rose again, and if, you know, you confess that with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. This is easy, easy stuff, right? Jesus is Lord. It's an early Christian confession. So that's, that's what is required to be saved, right? So that's what gets us from there to here. And now we're here. Boom. We're saved. We're at the cross. And it's awesome. And 
Jesus, right, he lived a perfect life. He died for us. He, but not only that, he rose again, and he's coming back. So we have hope in him, and we have new life in him. And this is, what it, this is part of salvation. This is what we have right here. And the only thing that's required is faith. And God is just so merciful and gracious to us. And this is, this is salvation. What comes after this, what happens after this point, is what James is going to talk about. And James is going to say, after this point, what, what should you look like? And he's going to say, someone who is saved, someone who has true faith, should have works. And that's the word that he uses. Some people want to translate that as deeds, uh, which, is, which is a good way to understand it as well, or uh, good acts. Uh, those are things he's saying. So this is somebody who has been saved by faith should have works. There should be something that changes in their life. And that's, that, so they're talking about two different things. So it's not we come to Christ because of works and then we have faith, or it's works and faith that come, it's faith alone to Jesus onto works, saved by faith onto works. And what we're going to learn today and what we're going to see is that James is not saying it's faith versus works, but he's actually trying to tell us what is true faith do and what does untrue faith look like. And what he's going to say is that untrue faith or untrue faith doesn't. True faith does. It's as simple as that. Untrue faith does not. True faith does. So let's get right into it. We're going to go there. Again, it's James 2.14. And we're, I'm just going to, while you're, you can just look on, and I'm just going to uh, give you the scriptures just piece by piece, and we're just going to go through it together so we can understand it. So he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So he starts out, he has a couple questions, and uh, just so you know, if you're reading James at all, my brothers, when he says my brothers, uh, the word there is a word that they would use to talk about uh, a family, family words, like, it would be us saying, you guys. So, same thing. So, it's not just talking to dudes, it's talking about everything. So, gals, you're not off the hook here. Um, you, so, this is, this is what he's talking about. So, this is to everybody. So, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? So, what is a prophet? That's what he's asking. What, what, what good is it for? You know, what, what, what is a prophet you? He asks, can that faith save him. So the question is, okay, what, what is he talking about? Because it sounds like, it sounds like he's saying, can faith save a person? Oh my goodness, what, what is happening? No, he says, can that faith save him? And what's the faith that he's talking about? He's, he just asked the question, a faith that doesn't have any works. And so he's, again, he's trying to contrast us untrue faith against true faith. Right? He's saying, can this untrue faith that doesn't do anything save somebody? That's what he's asking. He's not talking about the good stuff. He's talking about the, the not-so-good stuff. He's talking about untrue faith. Can that faith save him? And he's going to give us an example here. He says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is, what does it say? Oh, it's not up there. Okay. It's dead. It's untrue faith. It's dead faith. And earlier on in James there, at the beginning of James 2, he talks about when you're worshiping together, uh, and he's talking about partiality. He talks about, let's say, like, somebody who's really rich, and you can tell by what they're wearing. Like, they've got it, you know, they've got it made, comes in, and somebody uh, not doing so well comes in, and you treat, and he's talking about partiality. So he's, so this is the image that is in his mind, right? He's like, treat everybody the same. Love everybody the same. Don't show any partiality. So sort of in that similar vein, he's like, if you see somebody, you know, coming in, and it, you, they're your brother, they're your sister, Right? And you see that they, they have an obvious need. They, re they need something to you. So it's, it sounds like, from what he's saying, like they're not dressed well. Perhaps like they could be ragged, especially there. It was, it was more common, but like they don't have 
the necessary like clothing. They're not clothed for this weather, uh, you know. And it looks like they're malnourished. And he's like, and you do nothing, right? He's like, you know, what's what's good is that? Yeah, you know, you said, you know, I hope I hope the best for you, right? And I hope everything works out in your life. But you don't do anything, and you have that ability to do something. He says, what good is that? What what's that gonna do? It's not gonna do anything. That person has not been helped, and you had that opportunity to help them. So he's, and that's what he's saying, it's just the same way with this untrue faith. Faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, it's, it's dead. It's, it's, it's dead. So you have that opportunity. All you said, you said this blessing, you said goodbye, but you didn't do anything. And that's, so this is, this is what he's talking about. Now, somebody, uh, this is a popular style uh, during this time, of having somebody question you, and that's how you continue to write. Like a Socratic method where uh, Socrates, who's this philosopher, he wrote a lot of things, and he would write stuff, and then in his writing, people would ask questions, and then he would respond. James is doing something similar here. So then after this, he says, right, so he's talking about uh, this untrue faith that's dead. Then he says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have works. It's like, show me your faith apart from your works, I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So what's, what's happening here? Well, somebody seems to be, you know, contradicting him, and they're like, ah, you know, that's good. He's like, you know, a modern version would be like, hey, that's good for you. You know, what's good for you is good for you. What's good for me is good for me. I've got my faith. You have your works. We're good. And James is like, no, no, let me tell you. I can show you, I know that I have true faith because I, have, I expressed it. This is, this is an expression of my faith. And then he's going to say, look, even, he's like, you, you have great theology, right? You believe God is one. And this reminds us of what's called the Shema in, in Judaism. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's in our Bible as well where it says, Hear, O Israel, that's what Shema is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And that's what they believe. That's what uh, Jewish people still believe today. It's a basic confession for them. He's like, so you have good theology. Awesome. So do demons. And they shudder, right? Even in their good theology, there's a reaction. There is something that happens in their, in their existence because they know that God is one and they are in rebellion. They are evil. And because of that, they, they shudder. There's some sort of reaction in them. So he's saying, just because you have mental assent to the truthfulness of this, he's like, just, he's like, that, just that? He's like, that's, that's, that's it? He's like, man, you, you should be doing, you should be doing good stuff because the demons have great theology too. Like, it's, it's, this, that's it. And he's going to give some examples of how true faith should result in works. How true faith does. So here's, here's our example. And he's, gonna, he's not going to mince words here, and so he's going he's gonna to say this. He's like, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. So we have this example of Abraham, and he's like, guys, do you, re do you really want me to show you this, that faith apart from works is, and he's going to use this word, useless. If you look, in case you are a fan of play on words and puns like I am, the play on words is this, uh, he's like, you believe that, you know, faith uh, is apart from works, and he's going to show them that it doesn't work. All right, works, no works, doesn't work. And that's what he's saying. That's his play on words. And there you go. So he's going to show us. And he talks about Abraham. And he says, our father. Now you may think, Abraham is not my father. But let me tell you, I'm about to prove it to you with a simple song you may know, right? If you know it, sing it with me. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, right? Uh, okay. So as we can tell by the evidence, thank you, appreciate it. By the evidence of this song, all right, 
I'm one of them, and so are you. You plural. So, all right, so this is our father Abraham. Uh, so, father Abraham, right? So, we're looking, if you look at Abraham's life, uh, you may not know this, but Abraham was the father of Israel, so to speak, because uh, God called him from where he was living, and God told him to go to this distant land. And so Abraham believed, and he acted, and he did what God said. And Abraham one day uh, got told by God, God promised to Abraham that he would make his descendants more than the stars in the sky. He's like, you're going to have so many kids, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And then nothing happened for years, years and years and years and years, so many years. Abraham tried to do it his own way, and that didn't work out for him. Surprise, when you try to do it your own way and not God's way, it normally doesn't work. And then one day, he has his son, Isaac, his only son, the son that was promised to him. Abraham's going to be a great nation. He has one son. And this one son, when he grows up to be a little bit older, Abraham says, Abraham, uh, God says, Abraham, what I want you to do is I want you to take your son, I want you to go up to the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him for me. And Abraham says, yes. And he goes, and he takes his son, and he's there, and he's about to kill him, and God sends an angel, and the angel says, stop. You don't need to do this. You have showed that you truly believe. I'm going to, again, I will make a great nation out of you. Don't, don't do this. And he, God provides a ram. Isaac is spared. But Abraham showed that he had true faith because, not just because he believed in his mind, but he believed with his hands, he believed with his feet, and he went and did what God told him to do. And that's, that's Abraham. So we see, right, so he's saying, you see that faith was active uh, along with his works. Faith was completed by his works. And it's the same in, same in our life, right? Faith is the thing that fuels us. Our belief in God, our relationship in God, that's the thing that drives us forward. It should be, right, before we're called to do anything, God loved us. Before we did anything, while we were still in the womb, God loved us so much. So our faith in God should be the thing that fuels what we do, and faith is completed by our works. When we do, it helps to mature us. Like with Abraham, his faith probably grew even stronger after that, because he not only knew in his head, but he knew because God worked in his situation that what God says is true, and that God is God, and, it's, and that's, that's what's happening here. So that's, that's Abraham. And then he continues to sort of sum up what's happening. And he says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. So again, we're just, we're, he's summing up here. This is what's happening with Abraham. Abraham believed, and that belief, what's James talking about? James is talking about that moment where he believed God. He was about to kill Isaac, brought him up, did all the things, and God, Abraham was faithful even to that point. So he believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness, and he's, he's called a friend of God. They, call, they would call Abraham in those days a friend of God because he, he, he did what God said. He believed in him, he believed his promises, even when it didn't make any sense, even when it, he, he wasn't seeing it. And so then we're going to go to this next, next little thought, and this is where it sounds like James is saying the opposite of what Paul is saying. So he says, right, he's talking about Abraham. He was called a friend of God. He says, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. So on just the surface level, it looks like this is an exact contradiction of what Paul said, right? Because Paul would say, it's faith, not works. And it sounds like James is saying, it's definitely works, not faith. But let's, let's just look at this a little bit closer. So first of all, he's talking about faith alone. So this faith that he's talking about, again, is the untrue faith, a faith that is, is not true. And 
it sounds like he's saying that when you believe in God, you should also do things. And this sounds like it contradicts Paul, because, but we already, I, I framed this for you, so hopefully that helps, right? Paul, like, you know, to come through Jesus, it's by faith alone. After that, there should be some sort of change in your life. And this is consistent with what Jesus would say. Let's go back to what Jesus would say. Let's get just some moments from the life of Jesus. If you're looking through the Gospels, uh, there's sometimes in Luke especially, and there's this one moment where Jesus is preaching. There's a whole bunch of people around him, and someone's like, hey, your mother, your brothers, you know, your sisters, they're outside. And Jesus is like, who is my mother and my brother and my sisters? My, my mother, my brothers, my sisters are the ones who hear the word of God and do it. Another time, Jesus is speaking, and people are so ecstatic about his speaking that they're like, oh my goodness. Like, there's this woman, she, she stands up and she's like, man, your mother must be so blessed. Right? So blessed. And he's like, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and do it. John, Jesus' cousin, when he was preaching out at this big river called the Jordan River, and he was preaching about uh, baptism, he was preaching about repentance for the forgiveness of sins, he's he talking about how you have to have fruits, and he's like, man, just because Abraham's your dad, it doesn't mean anything. God could make stones Abraham's descendants, all right? And they're hearing this, and they're like, oh my goodness. What are we going to do? What, how do we respond to this? And he gives them some practical lessons, and a couple different groups were there, and he gives them some specific uh, things that they could do, um, just in response. And Peter, Peter was a close follower of Jesus on uh, the day of Pentecost. Uh, it's about 40 days after Jesus went up to heaven. Uh, sorry, 10 days after Jesus went up to heaven. Uh, he's, he's there, there's a whole bunch of disciples, there's this huge Jewish festival, all these people everywhere. Suddenly, the Spirit of God fills them, they're speaking, and people are like, what's happening? And so he explains, and he gives this big sermon about how all these things that were promised by God have been fulfilled today, right in front of you, and it's awesome. And he's, he's giving this, and he's saying they were all fulfilled in Jesus, who was crucified by your hands, and people are like, oh my goodness, they're hearing this, and they're like, this, this is true. What do we do? How do we respond? And he talks about repentance and baptism, and he's giving them things that they can do. They're like, how do we respond to this? So that's, that's Jesus. We see that with the John the Baptist. We see that with the beginnings of uh, Christianity there on the day of Pentecost, and this is, this is what James is talking about. He's like, guys, listen, true faith does. Untrue faith does not. So this is, this is what he's saying. This is what he's imploring us to be like. And that's why he's saying, uh, the, where he's saying you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. He's saying that true faith does. That's, this was what he's saying. So that's Abraham, right? So he's talking in this, in, in this passage, right? He's talking about Abraham. He gave us that example. He also wants to give us just an example of, you know, everyday person, not Abraham. You know, he was rich. He had a lot of goats. Uh, he had a lot of uh, servants and stuff. But what about just, you know, you and me? And he's going to give an example about Rahab. And he says, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? God was taking his people, Israel, whole group of people, maybe, maybe two million, just a big group of people through the wilderness. They came to the city. God was about to judge the city. And she was met by two spies, right? They were spying out the city. And two of these people came to her, and she's, she was just saying how she had heard the reports about what this God had done for this people. And she believed it, and she knew that it was true. And so that was, that was her faith. But also, she hid them. And when the authorities came knocking at her door, and they're like, hey, 
where are these two spies? We know there are spies in the city. She's like, uh, they went that way. And she totally covered for them, you know, closed the door. Got you. And they're like, thanks, Rahab. And that's, that's what she did. She risked her own livelihood, her own, could be existence at that point, to be able to save them and protect them. And actually, eventually, she becomes uh, one of the ancestors of Jesus, uh, which is really cool. So that's, that's Rahab. So not only did she believe, she knew that what was happening was true, but she did something. She, she acted. It resulted in some sort of action. So that's Rahab. So we have those two examples, and then we get to the end here of this section, the stop, and James says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. It's dead. Untrue faith, it does not. True faith does. Just like you can't have, just like the body is dead without a spirit. You, they're, they're inseparable. These, these things are inseparable. And that's all that he's, that's all that he's arguing. That's all that he's trying to say. He's trying to say that if you truly believe in God, you, something's going to happen in your life. There will be a change. Um, in preparation for this message, I was out at Coffee and Cotton, and I was just asking people some questions, just sort of what their perception is of Christianity. So first I asked, are you a Christian? I asked, what do you think Christians are against? What do you think Christians are for? And I actually met somebody who was a Christian, and he had some interesting, he had some nice things to say, uh, which I felt very encouraged by. So, I was talking with him, and he's like, yeah, I just, I've been recently saved, and I go to this church, and man, he's like, he was answering the questions, he's like, oh, I feel so strongly about the people around me, how they don't know Jesus, and I just want them to know, and I, I'm just, I'm reading my word, and I'm, I'm praying, and I'm, I'm going to church, and he's like, in my family, they really see a change in my life. You know, they, they knew who I was before, and they're like, you know, you're different. They would even say, better. And that's what should happen when we come to faith. There should be a change in who we are that people can notice, right? We're not the same as, as, as the rest of the world. That's, and that's, that's a good example. And so the question is, right, so we've, so this is, this is where we've, we've come so far. So we, we looked at some examples of relationships that we understand here on earth, right? We have friendship, we have marriage, we have uh, family, right? Parents and kids. And just in the same way that you don't have to do anything to be a friend, but good friends, they do stuff for each other, they're there for each other. Right? You don't, you don't have to do anything to be married besides, right, you say your vows, you sign your certificate, you're done. You're officially married. But, of course, we know that if you are a good husband, if you are a good wife, you are going to show your love. And not just for one day, you know, for as long as you guys are alive. You're going to do that. That's what a marriage is like. And in the same way, Juan doesn't have to do anything rally. doesn't have to do, th because he, he's, he's her father. He doesn't have to do anything for any of his other kids either. He's their dad. But because he loves them and he cares for them, he is going to provide and he's going to spend time with them and he's going to teach them and train them and, and help them. So what I'm saying here and what, uh, what I, I believe James would be saying, he's like, look, this isn't required, right? You're saved it's good. But what does that look like? And he gives us those examples, just like what does a friendship look like, or what does a marriage look like, what does uh, parenthood look like? And he's like, when you are a Christian, it's going to look like good works. And he's going to question if that, if there's no change in you, he's going to, he, he would question the quality of, of, of this, of this belief. He's like, is this because if you're truly a friend, you're going to be there. If you're truly married, you're going to love. If you're truly a father, you're going you're gonna to provide. Those are things. But if that doesn't happen, uh, he, 
there's a concern. So then what do we do now? What is a, is a great question. What's, what do we do? And I don't want to give exactness because if I say this is exactly ABC what you do, you know, it's, you're, you're different than me, I'm different than you. This is the, but we're all Christians. And so there are certain principles that we hold certain things we should be doing. So uh, if we just look at James, we don't, we look no further. Here, here are just some things, right? Just some examples, just some things to, to give to you, you know, so to guide you. Well, one of the things he talks about is uh, just trusting in God, perseverance through hard times. And he says, when you, you know, you're going through these tough times, it's okay, God's strengthening your faith. He talks about trusting. He talks about trusting in God, having faith, asking God for wisdom. He talks about uh, persevering. He talks about, uh, specifically, let's uh, look at where he says, my brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So when you believe in God, you should be a listener, and you shouldn't be ready to just always spout off stuff, and you shouldn't be very angry. You should be quick to hear, but slow to those other things. Slow. And uh, he'll talk, and this is in, this, I'm going through, just chronologically through, uh, he'll also talk about, like, if you're, listen, you should be hearing the word, right, but you should also be a doer of the word. So if God says to do something, you should be doing it. He talks about how if someone thinks he is religious, doesn't bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, he's like, that's not, that's not worth much, right? Your speech should be changed. And he talks about that later. Your, your speech should be changed. He talks about what's, what's pure and undefiled religion before God the Father. He's like, it's this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, to keep oneself unstained from the world. There should be you should be caring for people. You should also be changed, right? You shouldn't look like just, you know, your everyday bloke, your everyday gal. It, you sh there, there should be a difference, right? You should be holy. You shouldn't be showing partiality, right? Treating people the same. And this sounds like stuff other people might be saying, which is, which is good, you know? There are things that, that are true that other people recognize, and we, we recognize this as well. You should be treating people equally. If you truly right, love your neighbor as yourself, you aren't going to be judging them in that way. Uh, so there, those are, those are some things. Uh, another way that we can see, okay, are we really getting this? Are we really understanding? Look at the fruit of the Spirit. When you put your faith in Jesus and you say, yes, I will follow you, God gives the Holy Spirit, and it's meant to empower us to be witnesses and it does, the Holy Spirit, he does so much more as well. And when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, there are fruits that are produced. And the fruit of the Spirit, right, is love and joy and peace, right? Goodness. Uh, I, someone, someone's going to help me out here. Patience, kindness, uh, self-control, self-control faithfulness, and those are some things. I would say read it. Maybe memorize it. Uh, <laughs> and, just, and just read it and ask yourself, do I look like this? Ask somebody you know, do I look like this? That'll, that will really tell you. Because when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, these are the things that happen. And this is how you change. You're not going to be perfect. But these are the things that you're working towards, right? When we're saved, we don't just stay the same. We change. We mature. Just like when you grow up, you learn things. You become, you know, maybe better informed. You become more patient. Uh, you become more loving. You become more responsible. Uh, you pay taxes. I don't know. But you, you mature. You grow up. And it's the same way as coming to faith in Jesus. You don't just stay just the same you were on day one. There's a maturing. And part of that maturing is through the works that you do. And that's, that's a part of the process. And it's actually really a gift. Um, I mean, just look back at Adam in the garden, right? Adam and Eve. God created them, and he gave them something to do. And that is a blessing that he wasn't like, yeah, you guys are good, you know. 
He's like, what are we going to do? He's like, hey, I have, I have work for you to do. Come on, it's going to be great. And so we're, we're called to that as well. We have things that we can do. Thomas, you can come up. Thank you. So what I want us to do, right? So these are, these are just some things, just a few things. Uh, and if I say this is what you have to do, you're going to be like, no way, because no one wants to be told this is what you have to do. So I would just encourage you to continue reading the Word of God, because how are you going to know what to do if you, if you don't know? So I would encourage you to read. Ask yourself, do I look like, is, does my life look like the character of Jesus? Does my look, life look like the positive characteristics of the people there in the Bible? And I would say, you know, talk to God through prayer. And through prayer, God will tell you things as well. He'll direct you to things in the scripture. Maybe those, those things aren't, you know, you're like, oh, prayer, you know, scripture. But I really love going outside. Uh, there's a book called Sacred Pathways. It talks about how different people connect. You love going outside? Great. Go take a walk. You love reading books? Great. Go read some books. You love serving people? Go. Serve people. Learn that way. Whatever way it is that you learn, if it's in silence, if it's with people, if it's with um, in beauty and art, awesome. If it's just alone, just a few people, great. But God has, has given us gifts. God has called us to not just believe, but also to do. Because why? Because we love him and because we're called to love the people around us. So what I want us to do from today, uh, just in this time here, I know uh, one thing that we do often is we'll come up to the altars, but I think the appropriate response would be to actually do. And that's going to mean we have to think about it and we got to at least talk about it. So what I want us to do, and I'll do this as well, I did this last service, just take a few moments or just a moment and just think, what is something that I could be doing to show my love for my family, those around me, the people in my city, it, around the world? You know, there are many, many different things that we can do, right? We have missions trips, that sort of stuff as well. What can I do? How can I show, how can I, like, because God loves me so much. I just want to show that love to other people. What's, what's the thing that I could do? How can I contribute to this awesome mission? So just take a moment to reflect. Step one, step two, besides actually doing. Step two, while you're here, uh, just the person that you're with here, or if you didn't come with anybody, you came alone, I would say find a friend, make a friend, and just talk to them about the things that you believe that God is putting on your heart, the direction you might be going, the thing that God's calling you to do. Maybe it's something you're doing, you just need to do it better. You need to put your whole heart into it. And that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to do. And uh, just in that time, I would say, just talk, pray for each other, encourage each other. And then in about five minutes, I'll come back up and I'll pray for us. And then you're free to go. And that's going to be our, our response just right here today. So let's, let's do that. And I'll be back right here in about five minutes. Give myself away I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me.
my life is not my own to you i belong i give myself i give myself to you my life is not my own to you i belong i give myself i give myself to you My life is not my own, to you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own, to you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you, desire. I am yours. I am yours. I am yours. For all my days, Jesus, I am
love of God is amazing, and it should be shared. Let's pray. God, we give you our hearts, Lord. We give you our souls. Lord, we give you our calendars. God, we give you our reminders. Lord, we give you our mornings. We give you our lunch breaks. We give you our evening meals. God, everything that we have, Lord, we just give that back to you. Lord, I pray that when we go, we would just be so full of your love. God, just so full of your Holy Spirit, so full of grace, so full of truth. Lord, and I pray that as we go throughout our days, we'll just find ways to express that love, to help people. Whatever that looks like, whatever it is that you would require of us, I pray that we'll take advantage of those opportunities. Lord, I thank you that you would include us in what you're doing. And I pray that we're good stewards of that. Lord, I, I just, I thank you so much for your love. Lord, and I pray that it just, it doesn't just stay with us, Lord, but it goes out. Lord, that just as you bless the righteous and the unrighteous, Lord, we will bless in the same way. Lord, and I pray that through this, people will come to know you. When they see our love for each other, when they see our love for this world. God, you loved us so much you gave your son. Lord, I don't know what you could require of us. That would be more than that. God, I just, I thank you. Lord, and I pray that whatever is we're feeling right now, it just, it doesn't stop. Lord, but it goes throughout this whole week. God, I just pray that we will just give you everything, every single thing we do, Lord, every single thing that we say, every single thing that we think is submitted to you, and only by your power and your grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. You can stay. You're free, but if you need to go, you're free to go.